ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Friday, December 29th. This is the 50th episode of the Take for Take podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Took last week off, uh, kind of recharged, did a bunch of family things with the holidays. Um, hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year if we don't talk to you before then. Episode 50, fellas. Uh, come a long, long way, over oh, almost two years. Little, actually, not almost two years, but a little bit over a year that that uh, we started this thing, and I think we finally kind of, kind of got the hang of it. Not too sure yet, but we're doing episode fifty, man. It's fucking exciting. Yeah, man. What's going on? Uh, I think we kind of found our our niche, our our groove a little bit. I think our pod is is constantly evolving, though. But it's for the best. I think we're trending trending in a positive direction, and um, the best is yet to come. But Happy to share this monumental moment, two of you, and um, excited to get going. Excited for this weekend, man. Nothing better than uh, college football playoff games. Yeah, I've been I've been ready for this weekend uh, for a long time. I haven't really had um, I haven't really watched much college football to be completely honest with you during the bowl season. Um, none of the games have really been like interesting to me, so I haven't really like given two shits about it. But, uh, but yeah, this is one of my favorite weekends of football season in general. Just. We got playoff races and the NFL heating up. Obviously, the New Year's Six Bowls playoff. It's just a lot of good football. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Gage, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. You guys didn't tune into the Valero Alamo Bowl last night, the Oklahoma Arizona game. That was a that was a thriller. I heard, but I was asleep, so I did not. No. Yeah, it was definitely a, a late night a late night uh, barn burner, but lots of points. Um, offenses were, were clicking on all cylinders, but yeah, it's 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 definitely bowl season. Um, one of the best times of the year, but also one of the more like weird times of the year. I don't know this this kind of week between Christmas and New Year's is always just kind of weird. Um, kind of like a transitioning into the new year, but at the same time, you're kind of living on the edge with all the bowl games. So it's it's a fun and exciting time, but at the same time, it's also just it's just a weird transitional state for me, at least. What about the uh, the the Pop Tart Bowl? Did you guys watch tuning into that one yesterday? I did. Yeah. That fucking weirdo. I, that was the the uh, the mascot. <laughs> sweet man, that was sick. What what did he say? Uh, what was the sign he ha- he held up as he was going down in the toaster? Oh, dude, I don't. Guys, I I saw yeah. the video. I can't. Something. Good things must end or something like that. I don't fucking know. Uh, it was something. It was something. I don't know. But it was something that brought me some intense joy and just like oh this is this is a cool moment like pop tart going down in his toaster and, and then they like ate him at the end they, they had that huge you say? they had the huge pop tart like at the end of the bowl that can't just say it was just like eating like ripping pieces off and eating. Yeah. it was <laughs> it was a weird that's, a weird environment that's the thing about like we, we complain about bowl season and you know the opt-outs and games and who cares? Who doesn't care? But those are the moments where you're like, "Oh, this is fun! Like this is meant to be fun." It's still you can still see how excited those players were, or in the state yeah. to to win that game and eat a very large pop tart. So <laughs> I thought it was a cool moment. Um, I had the game on, but I wasn't really paying close attention to it. I am two and zero during the bowl uh, season so far. Jumping um, on. Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl. Um, I thought that was a really good spot for Rutgers with, with those soft boys from Miami coming up north and playing in the cold. 
And then um, I was on Arizona last night. I, that, that line made no sense to me, um, you know, especially given Gabriel being out. And I just thought – I thought Arizona was straight up the better team. So um, I didn't watch, but I, I played uh, Arizona. And as I watched my Browns clinch a playoff spot, yeah, I checked the score and it was feeling good. So sounded like a fun game, though. But 2-0, see if I can keep it going. I'm, I've kind of been cautious with my bull bets, but um, Same. let's keep it rolling. Yeah, we'll get into the Browns. So, Go ahead, Gage. It's just so hard to bet bowl games nowadays, man. It really is. It really is. You never know I'm, who's opting it out. It, who's it really playing. is. Yeah, it really is. And there's also, like, I was thinking about this the other day, like, there's so many, um, and this might come from, you know, working in betting, but I feel like there's so many opportunities for edges um, in these games, like, with insider information. And I'm surprised, you know, sportsbooks even, you know, obviously they're going to offer the game, but feel like the sharp money would come in big time and, and people that you know have insider information could really really get advantage just given the the, the line swings you see i mean look at ohio state um, have you guys been monitoring that line yeah man. To five and a half right yeah opened up at what was it six i think uh swung all oh, okay. six and a half, and a half. wait what Age it, it opened up at Ohio State, I think around minus seven and a half, minus eight. Swung all the way to Missouri. All the way to Missouri minus, what, three? I saw three and a half, yeah. Yeah, now it's back up to Ohio State minus five and a half. So there's a lot of opportunity to, to, uh, you know, grab some value in those situations. Um, Really plugged into the bull season, you know, you it might be a big opportunity to, to make some make some coin, but there's also the downside of, of you know not having that information and getting totally screwed on a, on a bet. So it's definitely it's challenging, but I do think there's opportunity in there. Yeah, it's it, it's very difficult. Um, <clears throat> let's get things going, man. We'll try. We'll get. Uh, we'll talk about your brownies here in a, a little bit. But uh, as we always do, let's start things off with last week's picks. Um, you and I not so hot in the red. Two, three, and one. Um, I'll kick my bets off, kind of just get them, get them out of the way, and then we'll let Gage uh, sing his uh, his victory song. But uh, our push, um, I was on Seahawks minus three. Um, I believe who did they play? Sorry, I lost my spot here. Yep, the uh, Tennessee tw- twenty seventeen victory there, so that's a push. Uh, Packers minus three and a half um, against Carolina. It looked. For a majority of that game, that Packers were gonna kind of roll there. Um, that was an unfortunate loss for me. I also lost uh, Panthers team total on their sixteen and a half. Um, giving up thirty points to Carolina at this point in the season is just fucking disgusting. I mean that that team is horrible. Um, my other loss uh, got got sniped by the hook. Chicago and Arizona over forty three and a half. Game ended twenty seven sixteen. You do the math, obviously that's forty three points there. My two victories, Bucks plus one and a half. Bucks have been kind of a wagon for me this year, uh, gambling wise. I kind I trend to uh, or tend to uh, take them every, every time they're a dog, and they uh, they seem to cover a lot. But I think all yeah, all three of us were on were on the Bucks this week. Um, outright winners, so that's nice. And then my last win, Trent, your Brownies, and the Houston Texans 
over 39 and a half. Cleveland almost hit that by themselves. 36-22 victory over Houston. No C.J. Stroud. Joe Flacco goes for almost 370 yards. Cooper obviously breaks the uh, the Browns record. 265 receiving yards. So um, not a great week. 2-3-1. Nothing to uh, to be super upset about. Nothing, obviously, to, uh, to be happy about. But it is what it is. Yeah, I guess I'll jump in there. I was on the uh, Titans. We were both on the Seahawks um, in that game. I was on the Titans plus three, so we were going head-to-head. And um, That's tough to get a push there because the Titans kind of controlled that whole game. And, um, you know, at least at least we, we stayed with the push. I would have liked the win there, so that was a loss. Um, I lost both my teases – or that was a push, I'm sorry – both my teases um, that I played. So I was on the Colts plus 10 and the over 37 and a half. The over hit, but the Colts kind of got pushed around and didn't do anything after that first drive in Atlanta, which was kind of surprising me. And maybe, you know, the Falcons defense is clicking at the right time, but uh, no dice there. I was also on the, uh, and we can cue this up for Gage, but uh, a Niners money line tease with the over 40. Oh, good about that one. The over came in um, with ease. The Niners didn't show up. Um, seems like we, we can jump more into that game in a minute, but that seemed like a bad matchup for the Niners, and I do have some concerns about that team. I want to hear your thoughts on it, Gage. Um, for the wins, uh, oh, sorry, one more loss. I was on Dallas-Miami over 47.5. That game pissed me off. Dallas with this long seven-minute drive to start the game. And Tony Pollard gets bitched at the goal line, which I think Austin, myself, or, or Gage could have ran that ball and put her head down. Dude. And got, got he's allergic down. He's allergic to scoring touchdowns. He really is. <laughs> his whole body yeah. was in the end zone. His Literally, his whole body. But the ball somehow yeah, didn't make it. <laughs> that wasn't even like a linebacker, I don't think. That, like, that was like a nickel corner or something. So I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Uh, but and then of course the next play they do a fullback dive, and they fumble it right at the one. So eight minute drive, chew up the clock and get zero points. That went went up, uh, stayed under. Um, as far as my wins, I was on uh, the Giants and Philadelphia over forty three. Um, I don't remember what that game ended at, but it was well over that number. Thirty three twenty five. Yeah, so that was what fifty eight points, and. Um, we're all in the box, like you mentioned. Very, very easy win there. So nice squad ride. But Age, why don't you go ahead and if you want to talk about your uh, Niners after this, you know, floor is yours. Yeah, let's uh, let's run through these quick picks and then we can we can dive into that. What a lot of people hope to be the Super Bowl preview. But um, yeah, we were Austin. I was I was with you with with the Seahawks minus three. We'll take a push there. Um, Falcons minus three as well. Trent, you were on. You were on the Colts, um, and I, I, I've been a, a, a true fade of the Falcons, but that just seemed like a really bad matchup for Indianapolis, especially in Atlanta. They seemed to always find a way to to get the job done, and I think get, catching a field goal there was was good value. Um, Austin, you and I were both on Cleveland Houston over thirty nine and a half. That cash with each Joe Flacco is the king of Cleveland right now. Um, Trent, I give you all the cookies that you want, and I mean that city's buzzing. I don't know if you guys watched the game last night. I'm sure you did, Trent, but white out, I think. Um, 
seemed like the entire city was there watching that football game. It was just just electric in Cleveland right now. Um, Lions minus three in Minnesota. Um, kind of a sweat, but they, they get the job done and win by six. And then Packers minus three and a half. That was a tough loss. They they end up winning that game by three. Um, like you mentioned, Trent giving up thirty to Carolina isn't a, a good look, but I'm sure Matt Lafleur will take a take a win anyway any way they can. And then yeah, the squad squad ride was on Bucks plus one and a half. I was on the money line. That was probably my favorite bet of the week, and they they ended up um, running running away with that game pretty easily. So yeah, not too bad of a week. We were in the green. Um, I mean, the whole week kind of just got pissed away when watching the Niners on Monday night get absolutely hornswoggled by arguably now the best football team in the NFL. So if you want to talk about this game for a little bit, we can. Um, I'll start with how disgusting it was. I mean, the first four drives of the game ended in three three interceptions for the Ravens. And it kind of... It, it kind of started off not not terrible. I think they were down, what, 16-12 going into the half, and then they came out with three and out, and I think Brock threw another pick after that. Um, he was the first quarterback since Colin Kaepernick in 2015 to have that many interceptions in a game. So it wasn't a, the best look. Um, Trent, you said you have a lot of concerns with this team. I think the secondary is very, very weak right now. I would love to see Tredavious Ward with a different team. I hate watching him play defensive back for the Niners. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey's doing fine. He ran for 100 yards, um, caught another 28, and I don't know. I think the offense side of the ball is okay. I think Brock kind of just had a little rough patch. Um, defense side of the ball in the secondary is what is really concerning to me. Um, Fred Warner and, and Greenlaw played okay. I mean, trying to contain Lamar is hard enough within itself, but then you add on all the weapons he has around him, it, it just wasn't even close but i mean austin ravens you've been your team this year what what kind of was clicking for them on monday night yeah um obviously uh, this game so if you look at box score like everything kind of dictated or says niners were like in this game right i mean more total yards Total plays were almost the exact same, same amount of first downs, um, rushing yards. They outgained the the Ravens. It was just timely turnovers and penalties. I mean, Niners had ten penalties for 102 yards. Ravens only six penalties. And obviously, you mentioned the four interceptions. But um, Lamar just he he, he looks like a different quarterback this year. He really does. Um, in his MVP year, I mean, he ran. He's going to run for close to, if not over a thousand yards this year, also. But back in 2019, it looks like you know, first read's not there. Boom, he's gone. Um, this year, it's been a lot. He, he's a much more polished passer. I mean, just just this game, for example. I mean, 23 of 35 for 252 and two two hundred or two touchdowns. Um, seven carries, 45 yards on the ground, and um, he really was contained running the ball. I mean, he had that one. Um, I think it was like a 30-yard, 25-30-yard run, um, kind of where he juked out the entire Niners team and got him in field goal range at the end of the first half. Um, this team just, they don't play bad football. They don't. I mean, defensively, they're, they're as sound as it gets in the NFL. Um, they're deep at all three levels on the defense. They have probably, in my opinion, two best or the best linebacker group in the NFL, uh, Patrick McQueen and... Um, um, Number zero, um, 
Oh my God, came from, from Georgia. Came from Chicago. Roquan Smith. Roquan. Roquan Smith. Um, they're just a sound football team, man. John, Jim Harbaugh or um, John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches, if not one the best coach in the NFL right now. Just and it's all it's cliche, but it, it, it's it, this team evolves around Lamar and his his development as a passer. I mean, he 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 doesn't throw the ball into you know double triple coverage. He's safe with the football. He doesn't create many turnovers. He just doesn't take many sacks. They got a good offensive line. Obviously, they're deep. At, like, there's no flaws with this team. I, at least I, I haven't found any yet. And I don't. I don't think this was. I don't think the Niners are in trouble at all. I just think I agree with Gage. I think this was just an atrocious game from Purdy. Um, just I don't think it was too much pressure. I don't think it, you know Christmas national. I don't. I don't buy in the name of that shit. I mean, threw for 255 yards. I mean, which isn't great, but like. Caffrey over 100 yards. You mentioned it. Kittle and Ayuk both over 100 yards through the air. It's just this team, the Niners are the best team in the NFC, and I, I will stand on that mountain until the day I die. Um, this is a Super Bowl matchup. I, I don't see either of these teams losing in the playoffs. It's just the Niners caught Baltimore at a bad spot. Baltimore's helping, and that's really all there was to it. Gage, I... I funny because you kind of just i said i had concerns about the niners you kind of just nailed it on the head like my concerns are not with the offense at all my concerns are not with brock purdy at all i don't even think that sheet i think with brock purdy was worse than he actually played i mean he had a couple interceptions that tipped um at weren't you know a great decision by him or maybe he could have done something different the fact that it turned into an interception was unlucky, and it looks worse on the on the box score than it actually was. They still, I mean, they still hit some deep shots, you know, some intermediate shots down the middle. Brock Purdy still ended with you know two hundred seventy yards or something like that. Um, I think he was averaging like ten or eleven yards per attempt in the first quarter. So, you know, I I don't have any concerns about Niners offense. You know, maybe if they're playing from behind. They can't rely on that running game. It, it changes things. The The concern is the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think it's kind of been swept under the rug, but maybe we, we, don't, we didn't recognize how important D'Amico Ryans was to that defense. Because exactly, yeah. the, the team just doesn't look the same defensively, and it's not like they, they have more talent now with Chase Young coming over. And, uh, you know, they, they should you know, as good as they were last year, if not better. And it's that secondary. Yeah. I mean, when they go against an elite QB, um, especially one that can move concerning, they gave up, they gave up 29 points to Arizona last week before. And that was the highest point total Arizona scored all year. So, I have concerns about the defense. I have, I have concerns about um, – is it Steve Wilkes? He, he's running the defense, right, Gage? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's where my concern is. And um, I, I, I think Brock Purdy, people are piling on. Um, with everything, I think the truth is, is much more in the middle. He wasn't the MVP, but he also looked like a, a very good quarterback. And – clearly better than anyone San Francisco's had and anyone Kyle Shanahan's had in his career. Um, 
know, maybe Matt Ryan on Atlanta. But I think Brock Purdy is still very good. I think, you know, that offense is still very, very, very good as long as they have everybody. Um, my concern is the defense, specifically the secondary and specifically the play caller on defense. So will it matter on the on in the NFC? No. Like maybe that 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 was going to be my next question is um I mean outside of Dak and the Cowboys like what team poses like a holy shit kind of threat you know what I mean and in real in all honesty I mean they're lucky that they have the um the West wrapped up and they won already because um the Rams no, like, you're say. Stafford and the Rams wow. this week dude I mean that's it's that's not going to be an easy a game for them since Kyron Williams has come back from injury. They, they're the best passing team in the NFL. I mean, Stafford's averaging over 300 yards. Obviously, we know what they do with uh, Nakua and Cup, but like, they're lucky that the West has won because this is not a, a, a rollover game this weekend. But, but back to back to your original point. Like, outside of Dak and, and the Cowboys, I don't see, I don't see anybody in the NFC really posing many threats to to San Francisco. I don't either, but I'm. Trent, you you mentioned Chase Young, and I am extremely underwhelmed with what he's been doing so far. Um, he has three tackles since he's been there, three tackles. And I know I know he plays D line, whatever. He has two and a half sacks, and that's that's where most of them are. But I mean, I've seen film of this guy with the Niners, and his efforts just not there. He he doesn't have that step that he that he did when he first came into the league. I know he's injury prone and battling everything under the sun, but he, you'd think that tandem on both sides of the of the D line would be elite, but it's really not. Uh, Here's the thing, Dave. like specifically in that Ravens game, it's like not that Osa and Chase Young were getting pressure, but it, it was like the, this is where I'm going back to like the scheme and like the defensive play calling. Like they they were like had no plan for Lamar Jackson to extend plays. Like they were just rushing. Yeah completely up the field and when Lamar just stepped up and extended the play it's like they had they were like shocked by it how Lamar yeah. Jackson move in the pocket and he's not just a like a stationary object back there like stand there at the top of the pocket for you to sack him so maybe like work some stunts or you know have somebody drop off and and, and plan you know to to be there when he tries to escape the pocket it's felt like they didn't have a, a proper game plan or that style of quarterback play, which is odd because they just played Kyler Murray the week before. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I, you know, I still think Chase Young and obviously Nick Bosa is great. I still ch- think Chase Young is like, watch that game. Like, he was still beating his guy. I don't know what his, like, pass rush win rate was and stuff. But it looked like he was still kind of beating his guy, but he would just, like, he had no discipline. And I don't know if that's coaching or, or him kind of going rogue. And it allowed Lamar to, you know, step up right where he, where the the vacancy was, and six ten plays with his legs, either running or, you know, opening up plays downfield. So, um, yeah, I, I Gate or Austin, you make a good point with the Rams. I, I I honestly think the Rams might be their toughest test in the NFC. I think they kind of own Dallas at this point. So, I think yeah, but the Rams are you know, the Rams, Ram, the Rams are done. Are they even in a spot for a wild card? I, I don't. I don't think they are. Though. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get a wild card. Oh, they're, they will. I think the Rams are a scary team in terms of total 
what's the total in that in a Rams Niners playoff game? Rams Niners playoff game. Like what? How many? I'm, I'm smacking the over if it's anything under 55. I mean, he, yeah. that team, those both both teams are going to go up and down the field. The way Stafford's playing right now, and the way the Niners defense can can be taken advantage of, um, I think that game fly over. I agree. Um, let's. Uh, we got a lot of college football to talk about, Trent. So we're going to give you the floor now. Obviously, unless you live under a rock, you know Cleveland smacked around the Jets last night claimed at least a wild card spot they're guaranteed playoff berth um if they win the next two weeks and or i'm sorry if they win next week and the ravens lose these next two games browns are division champs not likely but can still happen um congratulations trent although you have absolutely zero uh um contribution to the the browns making the playoffs but it's fun that uh at least I can vicariously live through you two that uh, you guys will be in the playoffs. But nonetheless, congratulations. Joe Flacco looks like a fucking god right now. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know how, how the playoffs are. Um, I know your Saints are still mathematically alive, but... No, they're not. I think Baker might put a, uh, put a stop in those plans this weekend. But, I mean, the Browns, like... It's honestly... It's a, it's a surreal feeling in the fact that, like... I'm like very, very much confident we're gonna win. And I usually as a Browns fan, like you're conditioned for like the worst outcome. That's kinda how I've lived my life as a Browns fan for the last, you know, X amount of years. And it's weird, like these last couple weeks I've just been completely confident that they're gonna take care of business and win these games and clinch the playoffs and like you said, like last night was a movie. The, the scenes in Cleveland were phenomenal. Like that fan base deserves it. You know, probably the most passionate fan base in the NFL. And, um, and it, like, give Flacco all the credit in the world. I think the person that, that really, really is spearheading this and deserves all the credit, Kevin Stefanski. And I've been on Kevin Stefanski, a top 10 coach ever since he's been in Cleveland. For some reason, he gets disrespected. A lot of Browns fans disrespect him, which really pisses me off. Um, but that man can coach. Like the quarterback issues he's had over his years, he's always, always kind of delivered, I thought, a really good product and makes smart decisions. He makes analytical decisions and... I think it's all kind of working out now with Flacco kind of being the adult and in the ship. And, yeah, man, with that defense, they're going to be a scary, scary out. So yeah, the, I don't know how many games they can win in the playoffs. I'm pretty confident that they can hang with anybody. Ravens. Yeah, this team is fucking scary, dude. I mean, they the Jets offensively aren't anything to be, like, crazy about. But, like, they did or they put up 30-plus last night without Amari Cooper. And Joe Flacco threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns on that Jets defense with no Amari Cooper. Obviously, Joku had the 100 plus yards in the first half, but like, or in the first quarter. But um, that team looks good, man. They run the ball. Jerome Ford isn't anything spectacular, but he and Kareem Hunt look good running in between the tackles. They, their offensive line is good. They're healthy. They, that's a scary team. I, I, I'm not like. I, the Browns are like one of my least favorite football teams ever. I'm gonna be completely honest, but like, 
They're a scary football. They're a scary team come playoffs, dude. Why? Wait, wait a minute. Back it up. Time out. No, why, no. Why what, are they one of your least favorite? I just I can't. What are the Browns do to you? Nothing. They. I just can't stand. I just. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I. I just can't stand the Browns. I don't know. I just. They've grown a little bit on me in the last few years with uh with Grace, but like, or because of Grace, but I'm just I'm not a big. Yeah. Whatever. Browns can. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, for another spot, I guess. Yeah, we'll uh, save for another. I'd like to dive in and you know really maybe uh, you know do some therapy with you. And, okay. And maybe we can save. We'll save it for we'll save from. it for the uh, playoff pod, the NFL playoff preview. But um, speaking of playoff, let's transition to college ball, man. I, I I've been like giddy and like kind of like screwed up in my seat for the last like 10, 15 minutes trying to uh get to talk about the college ball, but um. As we're recording this, a couple games going on. We're going to run through all the games, all the bowl games remaining. We're not going to talk about each one. We're going to kind of touch on the New Year's Six. Uh, we're going to pick some winners, kind of who we think is going to win the game. We'll dive into a little detail with the Ohio State game and the Cotton Bowl. But uh, we're going to spend most of our time with the uh, playoff, the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. But, Gage, I know you're sweating Clemson minus 3.5 right now at the time of recording. They're down 21 to 10, it looks like. Three minutes left in the third. Um, Will Shipley just been like non-existent today? Like it... non-existent. Well, I mean, I mean, Kate Klubnick's fucking terrible right now. Okay. It's uh, it's kind of hard. Like I'm, I'm ready to turn it off at this point. <laughs> um, like his receivers are getting pissed at him for taking so many sacks. But yeah, they're down twenty-one ten. They Kentucky house the the opening kickoff for the, for the second half, hundred three yards. Um, to a guy that has three kick return touchdowns on the year this year. So why they're kicking to him is, is questionable, but that's Dabo for you, right? I mean, nothing is surprising with Clemson at this point. They're eight and four and they're ranked within the top 25 still. So Dabo is going to get the respect that he thinks he deserves. I love watching him on the sideline, bitch and moan and complain about not getting flags and calls that aren't going his way. But um, when I have money on him, I think I'd rather see him be an elite coach that he used to be, but yeah, not looking too hot right now. Yeah, I got nothing on that game. Luckily, I uh, I probably would have been on Clemson, to be honest with you, because I think I bet Kentucky probably two or three times this year, and um, they've shat in my hand each time. But um, Notre Dame, Oregon State's also going on as we speak. The Sun Bowl, um, we could spend probably an entire podcast on the amount of opt-outs for not only Florida State, but also this game. Um, for some reason, um, Sam Hartman's not playing. Obviously, we know Audric Estime, Joe Walt, um, the other tackle for Notre Dame. But there's 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 a million names in this game that uh, that aren't playing. Notre Dame actually just scored a touchdown, six or seven nothing. But um, Oregon State, no Jonathan, no Jonathan Smith. Mo, he and most of his staff are in East Lansing right now. Uh, DJU is in the portal. Damian Martinez, their starting running back, was suspended, um, charged with a DUI over the last week or so. But um, nothing on that game. So we're not even going to spend some time on it. But the game I do want to talk about, and I'm sure we all want to talk about, is the Cotton Bowl. Tonight, um, hopefully you're listening to this, driving to uh, wherever it is you're watching the game. But Ohio State, Missouri, Devin Brown, hopefully Travion Henderson. Um, I haven't seen anything. Henderson's playing. He is playing for sure? Yeah. Oh, let's fucking go. That explains. Okay, so we talked about the, the line movement earlier and just how fucking ridiculous it was, but... 
I'm excited for this game, man. I, I, I've kind of like not forgotten about Ohio State in the last few weeks, but just like with them not playing, I've just kind of not worried about them, not like really like looked into anything with them. They haven't had any transfer. They've had transfers, yes, but non like significant transfers. I know Julian Fleming's a five star or a former five star, but I mean he 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 was invisible in that offense. That's just unfortunate, but that's just the way it was. Chip Trainum wasn't really I mean he was solid number two, but I I like Dallin Hayden better. But um, I'm just rambling at this point because I'm getting a little bit excited. So Trent, if you want to kind of like, what are you looking for tonight? What are you expecting out of Devin Brown? Um, well, I mean, Missouri's got nobody out, nobody opting out. Luther Burden, Cody Schrader, um, their quarterback's name is slipping on my mind right now. But they, they got a whole team. Brady. They're look, Brady Cook, thank you. They, their whole team's coming in looking uh, to end the season pretty well. I'm pretty confident in the Buckeyes tonight. Um, you know, I think uh, it's, enough time has passed since the Michigan loss where, you know, all the Buckeyes fans got all their sky is falling bullshit out of the way. And, you know, everyone made a big deal about the transfers, but I've been on the McCord, you know, you know my feelings on McCord at this point. So I don't, the line kind of reacted to that um, news when it shouldn't have. And maybe they just expected, like, the whole program to, to fall apart, like Texas A&M or something. It's kind of not how um, programs like Ohio State roll. Like, you don't really see that, like, Think about Alabama last year with when they played it. It wasn't the cotton ball as well they were playing in. Yeah. Bryce Young and Will Anderson uh, suited up and played. And they were obviously leaving for the draft. I don't know if they announced before that game they were leaving for the draft. But um, elite programs with elite head coaches can kind of rally the troops and um, like stick with it. And people that weren't as plugged into Ohio State, they see someone like Julian Fleming – Love, by the way, like Julian Fleming is a great teammate, a great dude. He recruited C.J. Stroud to Ohio State. He told Ryan Day, like, come get this dude. Um, but he, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like, he's not going to play as much if he stayed here. He wants more opportunity, um, especially with Jeremiah Smith, the, the number one player in the country coming in, and he's going to play right away. So, um, see, all that to say, like, I, I'm really excited to see Ohio State. I'm really excited to see – um, Devin Brown, you know, took the ball downfield. I, I, I think, you know, he he does have a lot of talent, um, and I think his arm is a lot better than McCord's, which is going to just kind of maybe stand out. He might not be as accurate. He might have some negative play that McCord wouldn't have. Um, I think that the ceiling is definitely raised with, with Devin Brown in. And I think the fact that a lot of these guys seem like they're staying for another year, whether it's Travion Henderson, Emeka Abuka, JTT, Dibley Jack Sawyer. I think that's kind of re-energized the program, re-energized Ryan Day, and they can figure out the quarterback position. This is going to be a team fighting for a national championship again next year. I think we're going to see a big drop-off um, given the talent coming in and recruiting and the talent coming back. Tonight, though, answer your original question um i think ohio state wins the defense is going to be very very good yeah Missouri's no, a, a weird team, nobody you know? nobody on the defense has opted out correct for ohio state uh, denzel burke did denzel burke opt out no he's playing i see that he's playing 
Denzel Burke's playing, okay. JTT, Jack Sawyer, Steel Chambers, Tommy Eichenberg. I've seen everybody's playing. I, think, I mean, I think that I mean, Missouri's a, a, a weird team where they, they've looked great some weeks and then other weeks much. Um, but I think given the fact that we have a, a strong defense and, you know, I don't really trust their defense – it opened some eyes this this tonight, and Devin Brown could have a big game. Trey Anderson could break a couple long runs, and I think we get to Brady Cook a couple times. Uh, you know, I could see us winning this game like thirty-four to or something like that. Yeah, people. I think it's kind of gotten like overshadowed, not overshadowed, but like because it's been a few weeks since the Michigan game, people have kind of forgotten about Ohio State's defense. I mean, this is the number two scoring defense, number three against the pass, like top three overall defense in the country. And that's kind of been the backbone for Ohio State this year, kind of the reason why they won 11 games. Um, this defense is legit, and we just talked about it. If everybody's playing, then I don't see them really having any issues with Missouri. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. But um, I, I think they contain Brady Hook or Brady Cook. And um, Cody Schrader's a dog, though. I mean, they're running back. De- depending on what publication you look at, I mean, he's a first-team All-American. But um, we got we got skill in the secondary to to contain burden. Um, I, I, I like I like the pass. I, I, I'm very excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good football game, but I'm not, like, nervous by any means. Like, going, like I know it's a playoff, but last year going against Georgia, I was, like, kind of like, holy shit, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't have any of that. Right now, like I, 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 I that, the reason for that, Austin, is because because like trust the defense. Now. Exactly, you know what I mean. Exactly, like there's a it instills some confidence in you when you actually like can fall back on your defense. And I think a lot of the excitement and you know, Gage, you can correct me uh, or not correct me, but you can you can you know give your opinion on this as well. But I think a lot of this excitement from uh, not having McCord out there. It would feel kind of stale. Like it wouldn't feel like, like there's just a ceiling with McCord, and we understand it. If he's out there, it would kind of feel like the same kind of running it back, and just a new level of, of energy and excitement within the team as well to have a new uh, new quarterback back there. And Evan Brown isn't the guy. It's it's important that Ryan Day and Ohio State kind of pointed out, like, all right. Like we thank McCord for everything he did, but entered here at Ohio State, and he wasn't beating that standard. So I think that drives a lot of the excitement, and um, I think the team seems to be energized, and the team seems to like really, really want to win this game, which you always have to worry about with its expectations being the playoff, and they come short. You know how are they going to feel? I don't feel like Ohio State is you know, not happy to be here. If that makes sense. Yeah, you could also go on the flip side of that, Trent, and say, okay, now the throne is in Devin Brown's hands. Um, he has all the weight of the world on his shoulder. We got all these good quarterbacks coming in next year. Um, kind of like this is your go get it, show me what you're about, um, prove to, to the team why you should be the starting quarterback next year, blah, blah, blah. And he could feel a lot of pressure about that. And he could he could crumble. Um, he could shine bright when – when the lights are on him, and I think, like you said, Trent, it's like it's kind of like rejuvenating to be looking forward to a game like this with him. Just like this is his game, 
nobody else's game. This is all Devin Brown. Like, it's not him coming in for a few plays, trying to get something started, trying to get a spark or, like, anything like that. Like, here's the rain. Like, go go win a football game. Go win a bowl game. And um, it kind of it's kind of just like a, a leap into next year, and it could be a really, really big step for him going into the next next season. So I'm, I'm really, really thrilled. Yeah, it's kind of like a you know, like a tryout almost. I was about to say, Austin, you know, it's also big that McCord's not starting here because then you, you get to find out Evan Brown. Like, if he stinks it up and he just doesn't look like, you know, he doesn't look like an Ohio State quarterback, like, you have to have serious doubts about, like, he's not the guy next year. Let's Let's make some moves, find out, you know, what we want to do, whether it's another QB on the roster right now within the program or, you know, still transfer portal guys out there. In turn, if he lights it up and he looks better than McCord has all year, which is certainly possible, then you have a, a ton of confidence and a ton of momentum to go into next year. So I think it's a win-win for Ohio State. Just having that opportunity to, to not have an unknown Obviously, there's still elements of an unknown at quarterback given his his lack of uh, starts. But having that one start in a big game, like, no, all right, is he the guy or are we going to have to consider our options? So that's another another thing that could could really help out Ohio State next year and Ryan Day. So I'm pumped to see it. Um, And I I really want to win. Like, people ask, like, do do you care if Ohio State wins this game? Like, absolutely, I care. Absolutely. Ryan Day, I I know he cares. Like, if if they lose to Missouri, I mean, you know how Ohio State is going to be. I was going to say, let's pump the brakes just a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're all excited for his game. And just the last point before we move on, um, talking about, like, this being essentially a trial for Devin Brown. I mean, if, 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 and it's a big if, he's not the guy moving forward. You got Lincoln Kineholtz, who's a true freshman right now who coming out of high school was an absolute dog. Aaron Nolan is coming in next year as a five-star, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. They'll be just fine at quarterback next year. And I think regardless of who they pick to be the guy, it's going to be an upgrade over McCord. But um, we're going to pick all these New Year's Six games, so I'm assuming we're all picking Ohio State to win the night. Is that fair to say? Yes. Let's move to Saturday, and we'll kind of pick up the pace on these games, not – not spend too much time on them, but uh, the Peach Bowl, the game I'm really excited for, noon, noon Eastern Saturday, uh, Penn State, Ole Miss. Um, this is going to be an official play for me. I haven't given it a college play here in a while, but um, line currently sits at uh, Ole Miss uh, plus four and a half on FanDuel, or I'm sorry, five and a half. I am, no, hold on, I am all fucking out of sorts. Four and a half. Excuse I see me. four. Four and a half yeah, on FanDuel. Um, I'm laying four and or I'm taking the four and a half with Ole Miss. Um, I don't trust Drew Aller. I don't trust James Franklin. I don't trust this Penn State offense. There's not a ton of opt outs. Um, uh, their left tackle Ola Folashow. I know I just butchered that name, but I know he's not playing. But it seems like everybody, for the most part, for both teams is playing. Um, and I like Lane Kiffin more than James Franklin, Jackson Dart. I I, I like this Ole Miss offense. I like them to not only cover the four and a half, but to win outright versus Penn State on Saturday. I love that too. They're they're such an explosive offense too. Ranked seventeenth in country, almost four hundred seventy five yards a game. And um, Austin, you mentioned it that the offenses in bowl games seem to seem seem to show up a little bit more. Coaches use 
trick plays a little bit more. They kind of roll the dice, um, go for it on fourth down. We know Lane Kiffin goes for it literally every single time. Um, so I think this is going to be a, a shootout. It's a, it's a high total for a Penn State game, too, 50 and a half um, for a team that doesn't score a lot of points. They only, I mean, I guess they score a lot, 37 and a half points, but they've also played some garbage teams. But I like, I like Ole Miss, too. Not a play yet, but if I had to pick a side here, I'd go Ole Miss, um, given just the circumstance on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, this hey is guys, a team. We'll, we'll uh, tweet out our – sorry, Austin. We'll, we'll tweet out our, our picks uh, Saturday morning so we can get um, all the action for, for, you know, obviously Saturday and then, um, you know, Sunday into Monday. But, um, Age, you kind of said it. I, I love the over in this game, man. Um, you know, the the thing about Penn State is watch the, their two big games here and you come away very, very discouraged with that offense, but you're facing two of the top five defenses in the country in Ohio State and Michigan. They do put they do kind of put the smackdown on uh teams with bad defenses and Ole Miss definitely applies. I, I expect to put Penn State to score quite a bit. And I do think Ole Miss can can keep up with them. Um, you know, Austin, you mentioned no, not a lot of opt outs. They did lose uh, Chop Robinson for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, might be their best pass rusher, and um, I think that's going to affect him big time. Give Jackson Dart a little bit more time in the pocket. Um, but yeah, I, I think this. I think this frankly flies over. I could see something like a thirty-four to thirty game. Um, I do think Penn State will win because I think they can get a couple more stops than, than Ole Miss can. But, um, yeah, I expect this game to go over and be one of my plays. So Yeah, uh, Ole Miss is also trying to uh, to have the, the best season, um, most wins in uh, school history. They're currently 10-2, 11 would give them the most wins in history. But um, Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia, Florida State, I really don't want to spend much time on this game because we could spend 45 minutes on who's not playing. And this narrative that Florida State's claiming they're national champions if they win, yada, yada, yada. Um, the spread's gone up to 20 and a half is what I'm seeing. And obviously no Jordan Travis, no Tate Bonamaker, Bronamaker, whatever the, his last name is. Um, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, um, their running back, Trey Benson. Like, it, it, it's bad. Um Team total for Florida, team total for Florida State is currently ten and a half. That's a number I keep looking at. I'm not really looking at the twenty and a half point spread. Um, they can score six only sixteen points against Louisville with all their skill position players and their entire defense playing. Um, I don't see their backups scoring more than ten points. Honestly, against Georgia, I really don't. I would not be surprised if this is a thirty eight seven kind of game. Yeah, I was just generous. I would just lay the number with Georgia. I mean, given everything that's that went into that Florida State team and the, the, the gut punch that, like, you, you know, we talked about Ohio State and them losing to Michigan. Like, they're very much, like, moving on. They're over it <clears throat> for, you know, to build on it for next season. It does, given the opt-outs, given, you know, that their coach is kind of still talking about it today, um, they're not over that. No. They're going to get smoked. Um, like them to score seven points, Austin. I, you know, 
Florida State's going to get to 27, 28 points. So, or I'm sorry, Georgia. I'm sorry, Georgia's going to get to 27, 28 points here. So I would lay the 20. Um, so they, you could have got the number at like, I don't know, nine, whatever it opened at. Um, or four, was it 14 it opened at? Opened at 14, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you could have got it, you know, at 14. You're, you're playing a bad number, but I just don't <laughs> – I don't envision a game. And, and the thing about Georgia, too, is, like, everybody playing. No, Nobody opted yeah. out for Georgia. Yeah. So they're, they're, they seem like they're like, all right, this is new for us. Usually we're in the playoff every year. But why don't we just go out and, and uh, play everybody and, and really care about this game? Um, again, a sign of a really well-run program down there. So I, I just don't – I don't really see how this game is close. So yeah, the four I may lay that. Yeah, I may lay that three touchdowns, Austin. Now you guys are talking about it. It's going to be bad, dude. It, it, I, I, this game could get very ugly very quickly. Uh, let's move into Monday, New Year's Day. Uh, the, the last New Year's Six game we'll talk about really, really quickly before the playoff. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, group, of, group of Six winner, uh, Liberty Taking on Oregon line sits at 16 and a half right now. Oregon will be out or be without um, Troy Frank, Troy Franklin, um, starting corner. I forget his name, and then a couple offensive linemen are not playing. Um, but it seems like uh, or Bonex is obviously playing. Bucky Irving said he's going to play. Um, this this is a game. I'm not going to bet this game. I, I mean, I may bet the over, but I'm not taking a side. Uh, Liberty's good. I mean, they got the two uh, top rushers in the, um, I think, Conference USA. I forget which conference they're in. But Caden Salter, Quentin Cooley, over, over 2,300 yards combined, 28 touchdowns. Um, Quentin, and Caden Salter's their quarterback. I mean, 2,800 yards passing, 31 touchdowns is pretty fucking impressive too. But this, t- I mean, it's Oregon. I mean, Oregon's kind of been a wagon all year. And um, I'm not going to take a side here. I really have nothing else no input or really interest in watching this game. Yeah, me either. I would, if I had to play something, I would look at Oregon team total. I don't know if you have that pulled up, Austin, but I mean, this is a big team that's, you know, giving up 35 points to uh, MTSU. You know, they, they've they've kind of been strapping. They give up 35 points to New Mexico State in their last, their last game. So I think if Oregon... Oregon wants to. They're going to score every drive down. And also, a, a little nugget here. Um, uh, Oregon, their backup QB, um, wh- who's that, Ty Johnson or someone? Ty Johnson, yeah, he left. Yeah, he left. So I don't know if they have anybody uh, to like relieve Bo Nix. Um, so he's going to have to play probably the whole game. And I don't see why they they don't just run it up. So, you know, they're they're laying sixteen. The total's around sixty seven. So, you know, you're probably looking at, you know, forty, what? Nine, maybe forty one and a half is Oregon's team total. Forty one and a half, and I I think that's pretty. I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty low. All things considered. Yeah, I think that's so, a pretty safe bet. All right. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to score touchdowns. So. Yeah, they will. They will. We spent a lot of time not talking about these games, but let's move, navigate 
to the playoff now. The reason that we're actually recording. Let's start with the Rose Bowl. Number one, Michigan. Number four, Alabama. We can talk about the, the pedigree and, and you know the uh, the resumes for each. You know the the two most winningest programs college football history. Um, I am I'm I've been a Washington guy all year, and you guys know that. But I think I'm more excited to watch this Michigan Bama game than Texas Washington. I don't think it's going to be a more exciting game. I just think I think. Michigan is catching Bama at a horrible spot right now. Or catching, yeah, like like Bama is rolling. And yeah, Michigan's undefeated, number one team in the country, whatever. They, whatever. They're not like in a skid by any means. But like this Bama team, dude, holy shit. Like they, they are, they look good. And Nick Saban, an entire month to, 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 to game plan around an offense that's pretty much one dimensional is, is bad news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so safe to say that you're going with with Crimson Tide. We'll we'll save that for later. But Gage, give me uh, give me a couple keys or a couple things that you're that you're not necessarily excited to, but you know, curious to watch in this game and kind of uh, what's going to lean or what aspect of this game is going to lean one side here. Quarterback play, um, point blank period. Um, and I think we can all agree that Jalen Milrow is the better quarterback in this matchup. And you mentioned it, Austin. Blake Corum's going to get his. I mean, he'll he'll have a couple touchdowns, maybe run for 50 yards here and there. But um, if they, which I do think Bama is going to stop the run and make J.J. McCarthy beat them, um, and then I, I think that's something that they're going to be okay with if that is the end result. But... Like you said, they, they love to run the ball. They live by it. They die by it. And like you said, with, with Nick Saban having a whole month to prepare, um, no one better in the game to do it than him. And um, I simply think the biggest takeaway for me is going to be quarterback play. And I, I'm so excited to watch this. I think Jalen Monroe has everything to play for right now. Um, one of the best, if not best, quarterbacks, what, the last eight weeks of the year? Um, I mean, his transformation, his growth has been unmeasurable. And Jace, Mc, Jace McClellan um, is probably going to play. I'd be big if, if he can go ahead and run for Alabama. But, yeah, I, I, I say quarterback play, Austin. I know defense is huge here. Um, but like I said earlier, I think offense pays dividends when it comes to when it comes down to it. Yeah, this is, a, this is an Alabama offense that's average four – or that's had – that's gone over 400 yards in uh, four of the last five games, including uh, the SEC championship against Georgia. And, and Jalen Miller is not getting sacked. The offensive line's playing well. First seven games, he was sacked 35 times. Last five games, only eight times. Four of those were against Georgia. So it's Bama's humming right now. Um, and I agree. I mean, I would take Jalen Milrow seven days out of the week over J.J. McCarthy. Not saying JJ McCarthy is a bad quarterback because I don't. I think that'd be ignorant to say. I just don't think he's all that. I, I just, I don't. But Trent, what are you looking and for? The in weapons this game? outside. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Trent. Cage. The weapons outside. The weapons outside don't even compare. Um, both teams like Alabama has so many more weapons compared to what Michigan does when it comes to the passing game. So watch out for like Keller Mine and those boys to to kind of pop off. But I'm super excited. Go ahead, Trent. 
Yeah, I think this game is going to come down to one thing. It's going to be, I think it's going to determine who wins this football game. Be how does Michigan's defense contain Jalen Milrow legs? Right, because I don't I think this Michigan's defense is is way too good for Milrow to. Well, they don't give up explosive plays, so Milrow's not going to be able to just you know, do what he does and launch the ball downfield and get, you know, long 70-yard, two-play touchdowns. Not going to happen against this Michigan defense. And Alabama is a team that has struggled to run the ball all year. So I don't think they're going to be running the ball against Michigan's front seven. This game's going to come down to, and, and what, what you said is, is true on the other side of the ball. Like, you know, I think Bama's weakness on defense is... They can get beat over the top in their secondary, and I don't know if Michigan has anybody to do that. Right. I don't really trust J.J. McCarthy to hit it down the field. Oh, I think you kind of hit a stalemate there, and the X factor is going to be Jalen Milrow with his legs. If Michigan can contain him in the pocket and not let him get out and make uh, plays with his legs and open up things down the field, the football game. If they can't do that and... Michigan hasn't played anybody like Jalen Milrow all season. You know, they haven't played anyone that can ex- extend like he can and, and use his legs. So I'm sure they have a plan for that. If he, you know, if, if, if you're watching the game early and he's making plays with his legs and he's breaking off, you know, 25-yard runs or, you know, extending plays in the pocket and then, you know, hitting somebody downfield, I think Michigan's in trouble. But conversely, if they can make him sit in the pocket – and, you know, try to go through his reads and just beat you with his arm. I think that they're going to create a lot of turnovers. I think there could be some strip sacks. We know Milrow, you know, as talented as he is, he's he's definitely prone to, to make mistakes, uh, really, really hilarious mistakes, throwing the ball um, after he crosses the line of scrimmage. Um, so I think that's the key to the game. I think Michigan's going to struggle to put put on the end zone. They're going to have to rely on Milrow making mistakes, which he, like I said, which he he's very prone to do. And against this Michigan defense um, that, you know, has a ton of takeaways, it's maybe not the best matchup. So, yeah, I, I think that's the X factor. And I think you can tell really early in this game how the game's going to go just based on is he extending plays? Is he breaking off quarterback runs? Yeah, I mean, he, he he's, he's second in, t- in college football in terms of holding the football. I mean, he holds it for an average of 3.2 seconds per drop back. And when he gets outside of the pocket, it's close to five seconds, which is tops in, in, in college football. So hit that, 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 I mean, that just, that just f- falls into your point trend with him being able to make plays with his legs. If you Michigan needs to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And if they can do that, they'll have a shot. If not, I agree that, that Bama will, will dictate how this game goes. Um, the thing I'm really looking for is Trent. You kind of just touched on it, actually. Is who who can create explosive plays? And when I say explosive plays, I mean plays 15, 20, or more yards down the field. Um, in terms of quarterback play, McCarthy um, he's 18 of 37 on throws of 20 plus yards downfield, six touchdowns, one interceptions. So not great, not horrible by any means. But against the top three defenses. Top three defenses he played this year, Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa. 
only attempted three passes of 20 yards and incomplete on all three passes. So he, he does it against teams that he can expose, hasn't been able to do it against teams that have solid defenses. And Bama isn't on the level of Ohio State, Penn State, or in Iowa, but they don't allow explosive plays too often. But Bama, in same way with Michigan, right? Michigan's defense doesn't allow the huge explosive play either. But Jalen Milrow loves to throw the ball downfield. 33 of 62, 14 touchdowns to one pick, and passes that go 20 yards or more downfield. So the quarterback that can create plays downfield will give the edge in this game. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning a certain way, and obviously, I mean, if you know, you, you obviously you guys know who that who that is. But like, I trust Jalen Milrow, Milrow more than I do JJ McCarthy. I just I don't. I think the JJ McCarthy hype is, is unwarranted. He's not bad, but he's not great. And yeah, he's what is it, twenty five and one, twenty four and one, whatever. But like, he, he's blessed with the top two defense in the country every single year. Like I, I, I do not have faith in um, J.J. McCarthy. I just don't. And I'm also curious to see uh, if Bama is going to force Michigan to throw, which, you know, on paper, and it, 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 it's easier to, like, make that make sense it, saying it versus, like, it actually happening. Like, Alabama gives up four and a half yards per carry in between the tackles, which is 68th in the country. And we all know Michigan loves to run in between the tackles. Blake Corm, Donovan Edwards, they, they, they get it done on the ground. Um, if Bama's going to, I'm curious to see if Bama's going to bring eight to nine guys in the box, you know, go man to man on the outside, let Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson get one on one coverage, force JJ McCarthy to throw the ball downfield. If they can do that and dictate the line of scrimmage, I think Bama rolls here. I don't, I, I don't see any issue. With them containing Michigan offense, if they force Michigan to throw the ball downfield, yeah, I think a, an underrated, an underrated <laughs> aspect of this game that seems like I don't, I don't really hear anybody talking about is Dak Sinter, who yeah, the, the guard, leg, yeah, who maybe the best guard in, in the country, and Michigan, you say they love to run the ball, which is true been as effective this year as they, they've been in years past. Um, and now losing somebody like Zinter, who is your best alignment, and like I said, maybe the best guard in the country, you know, that's going to have an impact. So I don't think Michigan's going to be able to just line up and run the ball down Alabama's throat, especially without Zinter. <clears throat> if it's going to fall on McCarthy. And I think you know, the two most important stats in this game are going to be turnovers and who scores first. As if Alabama scores first, and you force Michigan to play catch up and play from behind and, and really, you know, not play their, their style of, of play. That's bad news for Michigan. You saw what happened against TCU last year. Uh, conversely, if, if Michigan scores first and kind of see what they do against Ohio State where they can kind of bleed the clock, kind of suck the life out of you and sit on that lead and, you know, force Milrow into to making those mistakes and those turnovers. So I think that's going to be a huge factor. 
um, to see who wins this game. But I don't think I think this game is going to be a nail biter. I don't see one team pulling away from the other team. So yeah, I agree. Um, and to your point, it'll be really really fun to watch. Yeah, to your point, really quick, and then we can move on. Um, Michigan's only turned the ball over five times. Bama only eight times. Both top twenty in the country. So you're right. Whoever win, can win that turnover battle will have a, a big advantage there. Uh, a couple trends before we go. Uh, Bama has been favored in 77 straight games versus non-SEC opponents. This is the first time they've been an underdog in 78 games versus non-SEC teams. First time they've been a dog in general since 2009 SEC championship game versus Georgia. And Michigan? Wow. Michigan, 0-6 ATS in their last six bowl games overall. The longest active losing streak against the spread in bowl game history. Um, just a couple things to look for there. Uh, we'll pick winners here in a second. Let's move on. Texas-Washington. Line currently sits at four and a half. Uh, Washington once again being disrespected. You guys know my love for Michael Penix, Kalen DeBoer, and that Washington offense. So I will spare you my, uh, my dissertation and let Gage take the lead here and kind of let us know what he's looking for in this football game. Man, you're letting me, me do that with your team, Austin? I am. I am. I have to or else I'll go on forever. Before, I won't be before you uh, you go in on that, Clemson just took a took the lead here in the fourth quarter. Watch yeah, it. I saw that, but I also have that Will Shipley dude to score, um, and he's done – everything he could to help this team win besides score fucking touchdowns so that's been pissing me <laughs> off um no awesome i want to hear your take first i don't know i don't this okay yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you go four and a half this line is disrespectful um it is I, it, that's where I, that's where i want this it's extreme. i think the wrong yeah. no the wrong team is favored here i don't i i, I don't think it's kind of giving me it's kind of giving me Pac-12 championship vibes. Like, why is this line yeah. okay it is? It is. And it's crazy because the one thing Washington does amazing is throw to football. Number one passing team in the country. The one thing Texas can't do is stop the pass. 90, 92nd, 93rd in the country against the pass. And yet, here we are in another huge game for Washington and they're they're fairly decent underdogs. I, I don't get it. Kalen DeBoer is one of the most underrated coaches in college football. And people say I'm crazy for saying he's underrated but yet here's a reason why. Like what, there's no world that Texas should be a favorite in this football game. I don't care. I, I They may have more talent on paper than yes they have a solid uh, front seven on defense but Washington's the best offense in the country dude and they're the best I don't. I, I'm done with this. They can't stop anybody. It doesn't matter, right? You score 50 points a game, you you can give up 40. Like it doesn't matter. And Jalen McMillan's coming back. He's healthy. Roman Dunze, who's the second best wide receiver in college football, behind Marvin Harrison. Jalen Polk. Like, eh, I'm tired of the Washington disrespect, man. I'm tired of it. Doesn't make sense that they're dogs in this game. I I, I really I truly don't understand it. Um, Quinn Ayers has been playing well. Sark is going to have Texas ready to play. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means on either side. But um, 
I just I trust this Washington offense more than I trust any offense in the playoff right now. And with that being said, I'm going to take the best best quarterback in college football, which is Michael Penix. I think um, I think Vegas. So I'll give you. I think I'll give you the reason why they're underdogs, Austin. I think Vegas burned by TCU last year, and they don't want to make that mistake again. I think Washington's better than TCU. Don't get me wrong. Washington has played nine straight games decided by under 10 points. So that logic, it's hard to make them a favorite given that, you know, they aren't showing the ability to lay the wood and just blow these teams out. However, there is just something to be said about just play close games and that's just kind of their style and that's kind of how they like it. Um, Which I think, you know, you can't rule out as as a factor so um bit, but yeah i'm grabbing the points i mean absolutely i don't feel good about laying points with texas hey you know i you know as, as good as as sark is and as good as quinn Ewers can be i don't trust them i don't trust i don't trust them to to deliver you know a great performance and i think kalen DeBoer, and i've said it before like i think he's best head coach in the country um oh so, you know if you're giving me points with washington at this point i'm just gonna i'm just gonna grab them and feel good about it um so I, I agree with you guys i know i stepped ahead of our pick or whatever but um yeah i mean i just don't feel comfortable with texas laying points and i'll, I'll grab those points with, with the huskies Hey, you, you all right over there, buddy? You're having Dude, these, we're, we're, this house, when everyone is home for the holidays, is a fucking doggy daycare, and it is nuts. <laughs> uh, one bird flies across the window, and all three act like there's an intruder, so that's kind of just what happened. Um, a squirrel kind of ran, a squirrel ran through the driveway, I think, and they all went crazy, but I heard what you guys were saying. Um I don't know, though. I, I, I think, Austin, you mentioned all the weapons that Washington has, but, I mean, you can't disregard the the talent that Texas has either with Xavier Worthy and those boys on the offensive side of the ball. I think defense here is going to be non-existent. Um, I think Texas has a slight edge when it comes to defense, but, um, I mean, again, it, it goes to what I've been saying about offense late in the season, and I'm, I'm excited. I don't have a pick right now. I don't want to give you guys a side and then me – switch um when the picks come out so I'm, I'm actually more excited to watch this game than i am the bama game just because i think there's a lot more question marks with these two teams and i think a lot's going to be figured out um after the 60 minutes is up and washington is going to have a really really big case for why they deserve to be in um i know people were kind of questioning them late in the year until they beat oregon and whatnot but i think they got a lot to prove and i think texas is a Maybe maybe hungry for more Alabama. I think that'd be a great fucking rematch. And I know Bama will be hungry for Texas. So a lot of, a lot riding on the line. And um, I mean, I think this is one of the better college football playoffs in recent years. Um, I think both of these games are phenomenal, and I can't I can't wait. Yeah, I think this game. I think this is going to be a more exciting game, and I think the Rose Bowl is going to be a better football game. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think more, both, a more complete game. 
game. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I do think points are, are at this game. This game, the Sugar Bowl, could be mid thirties, and um, the the Rose Bowl could be low twenties, and it's just more well rounded football game. But um, I, I mean Texas is good. Don't get me wrong. I mean Texas is very good. They got weapons all over the place. Gage, you mentioned um, what's his name, Xavier Worthy, and uh, uh, Ad Mitchell and. C.J. Baxter, the true freshman running back, has looked really good since Jonathan Brooks got hurt. Um, their defense is solid, but I just I trust Michael Penix. I, I, he he's the one guy in college football all year that I that I've trusted more than anybody, and that's maybe a little more dramatic than <laughs> it probably should be. But like he, he's the best quarterback in college football right now, and, and there's not many guys I would take in a big game over Penix. He do got that husky. What'd you say, Gage? He do got that husky in him. I uh, I do think that for a prop for this game, I think Penix over on yards is the way to go. I don't think that I see Washington having a ton of success on the ball. Um, That's the strength of this Texas defense. Seven, so... See them airing it out big time, and I'll expect this to be a shootout. Guess what it so is? So I would look. At, Guess what Penix yards is right now? I'm gonna say three seven. Three seven. I, I was gonna say probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably say. You know, he had a lot of games though that where he where he was under, uh, or he had a lot of like games where he was didn't have a ton of passing yards. I say he's around like two ninety two. It's three oh nine and a half. Okay. And he's had five games this year, he's gone under that number. Yeah. Uh two two of the last three have gone under. But I, I do like that one too, Trent. Um let's pick, man. we talked about him. Let's let's pick. Who who will be playing the national championship a week from Monday? Trent. I think you're going to see – I think Washington wins. I do think they win. I think their season um, doesn't end yet. And, God, the Alabama – the Michigan game is just so – that's got to be – and obviously we, we all feel bad about Florida State and stuff and, um, you know, you don't have to re- rehash that argument. Um, no one was denying this game wouldn't be that. That kind of wasn't the point. Like no one was denying this game wouldn't be great if it happens. More of like, you know, those kids deserved a chance to play for the championship. Um, but when you're just looking at this game in a vacuum, probably the most like even competitive final game we've had in the college football playoff era. So my heart says Bama. And I'm gonna roll with my heart. I think Bama wins. I think Jim Harbaugh cries, and um, I could see like a 23 to 21 Bama win. Gagers. Yeah, give me give me Alabama and give me Texas. Give me the rematch that everyone wants to see. I'm taking Washington and Bama. Um, I've been on Washington all year. They, they they were my national championship pick before the season started. Actually, Ohio State was, but 
I had them playing Washington, so therefore, by default, Washington is my national champion. Um, High-scoring game in the Sugar Bowl, uh, mid-30s, like I said. I think Bama wins that Rose Bowl probably um, 27-20, 27-21, something like that. Um, Not crazy high-scoring, but also uh, not a lot of points. That's it, fellas. Football is... I'm not going to say it's back because it's fucking been here, but... It is. This is the most exciting time for football that I can remember in a long time. A long, long time. And we didn't even talk about NFL yet. We were saving that for next week. It's just football is here and it ain't going anywhere. And I'm so fucking excited. Check us out. It's going to be gone. Say it again. Say football. College football is going to be gone very soon. It is, which is hard to believe. It's definitely going somewhere. I don't know about it. It's definitely going somewhere, Austin. Yeah, but now we're in a day and age now where we could talk football, like uh, transfer portal, NIL stuff, and recruiting. Like all that shit is like more relevant now than it has been any like any other time. Come April and May, when we're like beginning of baseball season, and we're like, man, really wish football was here. There's gonna be stuff to talk about. Is the point? That's a, that's a good way to, to no. Get yourself through that that dark time. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, just let me be. Let me be. Let me be. Check us out on X. Take four take underscore uh, episode is going to be out there. We'll get our picks out Saturday morning, like Trent said. Let us know. Tweet at us, man. Let us know who you think is going to win the playoff on Monday. Um, is Missouri going to upset Ohio State tonight? Who's going to get it done? Where are you guys watching the game tonight? Actually, Gage, I know you'll be with me. We're going out yeah, watching it. Trent, where are you yeah. watching? Uh, you're talking about Ohio State or the playoffs? Ohio State. Listening. Ohio State. Um, I'll probably just watch at the crib. Um, I've got a big day tomorrow. Getting kicked out of the house by the missus. So, nice. Um, got a bunch of plans lined up, but I'll probably just watch uh, my dog. Fun stuff, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week. <laughs>